0: Welcome to the April 25th episode of the Harvard Medical LabCast, Science That's Changing Your World. This podcast is produced in Boston by Harvard Medical School's Office of Communications and External Relations. I'm Alyssa Neller. Recently, I had a chance to attend Medical Education Grand Rounds, a lecture series where students and faculty can explore important topics together. This month, the fate of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act was on the docket.
1: The constitutionality of the Affordable Care Act has been challenged by 26 states. This is a big deal. It's a big part of the country that has brought this challenge.
0: That's Gregory Kerfman, an HMS assistant professor and executive editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. In March, he scored a coveted seat with reporters inside the Supreme Court, where he was able to listen to oral arguments in a case with huge implications for U.S. health care. At issue is the constitutionality of the act, which was passed by Congress in 2010. The court's decision, expected in June, could influence the race for the White House and shape healthcare policy for years to come. Kerfman shared his insights and analysis during a formal presentation, which was followed by a spirited panel discussion.
1: I think it's important that we talk about this case today because it's gonna have a big impact on what comes next. What What are the next steps for the health care system uh, in our country.
0: The centerpiece of the Affordable Care Act and the chief target of the 26 states that sued is a provision known as the Individual Mandate. Basically, it requires individuals to carry health insurance that meets minimum standards or pay a penalty. The goal is to extend coverage to 16 million additional people, and the provision is scheduled to take effect in 2014.
1: Support for the Individual Mandate comes from the Commerce Clause Article 1 of the Constitution, which says that Congress has the power to regulate activity in interstate commerce. It's a very broad power. It's been used since the time of the New Deal to pass all kinds of regulations. And only twice in the last 50 years has a regulation passed on the basis of the Commerce Clause been struck down by the Supreme Court. So. The Commerce Clause provides very strong support for the mandate.
0: After all, says Kerfman, healthcare spending accounts for 17.6 percent of U.S. gross domestic product. Everyone in the country will eventually need and seek care, and they can't be denied. Emergency rooms are required by law to provide treatment, regardless of ability to pay. But the plaintiffs claim that the federal government is pushing people into private markets by making them buy insurance their arguments seem to resonate with Justice Anthony Kennedy, who may just be that decisive swing vote.
1: I was sitting in the press section, and when he said this, you know, everybody wrote this down quick. Can you create commerce in order to regulate it?
0: At this point, it's impossible to know how Justice Kennedy will vote. Kerfman is confident that all nine of the justices will deliberate thoughtfully and reach a decision based on their interpretation of the Constitution, not public opinion. That said, Signs point to a potential loss for the Obama administration, which is defending the law.
1: Five votes are needed, and it wasn't clear coming out of oral arguments that there were five votes to support constitutionality. That could change, but as of last Wednesday, they weren't there.
0: If the court rules the provision unconstitutional, the entire Affordable Care Act could conceivably fall the justices will have to decide whether or not the remaining sections of the 2,700-page bill can stand on their own. Take, for example, the requirement that insurance companies can't deny coverage based on pre-existing conditions. Without the individual mandate, could this bankrupt the system? Many physicians helped shape this legislation, and some fear that the Court's decision will have a chilling effect on both the involvement of physicians in health care policy and medical school recruitment but HMS dean for medical education Jules Deanstag isn't worried on that second front
1: there are so many people there who, out there who are inspired and motivated to to take care of other people and to do the right thing and i think in the undergraduate it may not have that much
0: of an effect according to deanstag the school is also committed to educating students about healthcare policy and training leaders who can innovate in the field in fact first year md students are required to take a healthcare policy course no matter what the outcome
1: of this, no matter what happens in healthcare policy, our students are going to be the architects of change.
0: Deanstag is also skeptical that the court case has any implications for MD training. Healthcare delivery will evolve independent of the court's decision. Primary care is going to become more valued, and physicians will lead teams that take care of patients. Increasingly, medical schools will embed students with such teams.
1: I'm just struggling to understand how this case is going to have an impact on that.
0: But several faculty members indicated that the case is relevant to the overall morale of the medical community, especially during this period of uncertainty and change. Here's Professor of Medical Education and Director of the HMS Academy, Richard Schwartstein.
1: And the discouragement of the practicing physicians and the impact of that discouragement on younger physicians is is what I worry about the number of people who are getting out of medicine early because they just can't put up with the combination of regulatory requirements and reduced reimbursements.
0: In fact, Schwartzstein himself is chairing a group that will re-examine continuing medical education to support and encourage practicing physicians. And what about medical students? How do they feel in the midst of such uncertainty? Kerfman quoted from a piece in the New England Journal of Medicine by Nicholas Roroff, a fourth-year M.D. student at the University of Miami.
1: The fate of the Affordable Care Act is out of our hands, and it's in the hands of the court. But the impetus for it remains. Tomorrow's positions must lead us from the system that we have to the system that we need.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Affordable Care Act and hear the entire discussion, visit our website at hms.harvard.edu podcasts, where you'll find a link to extended audio from the Medical Education Grand Rounds event. This podcast was co-written by Toby Revick and is a production of Harvard Medical School's Office of Communications and External Relations. We'd love to hear your comments on this program. Tell us what you think and see what other listeners are saying at hms.harvard.edu slash podcasts. To learn more about Harvard Medical School, its academic and research programs, and its affiliated hospitals and research institutes, visit hms.harvard.edu.